<laughs> we just lost all our subscribers. <laughs> uh, I have a feeling you'll edit it together. <laughs> well. It's going to be three minutes long. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Okay. <laughs> it's a bit anticlimactic. But yeah, sorry about that. I was going to make a sound effect and everything. Sunset Grill on Laserdisc. Look at that. Lori Singer. Sealed. Not for long. Anally. Look at how good you are at that. Damn, dude. Good job. Thank you. Skills. It's almost like I've done this a time or two. <laughs> right? Ooh, nice. Paper sleeve. Much better. <clears throat> Paper sleeve with the plastic liner, yeah. too. Yeah. Better. Spare no expense. Oh, gorgeous. Man. No rot or anything? Looking good? Well, most laser disc rot you can't visibly see. Unless it's on a disco vision disc. Then it's got gunk all over it. Well, it looks good. Good job. Lori Singer. You. So she was in Footloose, right? That's where I recognize her from? Yes. Yes. Got it. Nice. I'm excited. Once again, have not seen anything on this. I've not watched a trailer uh, or nothing. For sale only. Correct. You can't Yo, rent this. Don't don't even try and rent that. Yeah. Don't even try. You got to pony up the full thirty nine ninety eight. For this unrated thriller. God damn, $39.98? Yep. Wow. That's a standard retail price. So yep, it's, time yeah. I mean, it's just crazy because, I mean, that's like more expensive than, you know, like a, a, a 4K steel book right now. Correct. And in whatever, what year was that? Probably early 90s? 93. Yeah. yeah that's like in early 90s money. It's definitely more. Oh, yeah. You know, so. Yeah, it was a big expense. It was a. Uh, definitely a wealthy person so you thing. kids don't know how good you have <laughs> yeah all you laser disc collecting Blu-rays. kids uh but also like were was any were either any of you guys into laser discs like when it was out or was it just purely something you got into after when it got cheap nope i was all over it yeah i bet you were i didn't have that kind of money um, yeah <laughs> i worked at a video store so i got a discount yeah. right right i was a punk kid so and i was able to special yep. order stuff all the time dude i of course you did. That sounds just like you. Mm-hmm. Love it. Let's do it. All right. All right. So, of course, as you guys are sitting here, I had to make sure that I got my shot of Maker's Mark. Right, give me a Maker's Mark up double and a uh, beer back. We watched Sunset, Sunset Grill. Grill. It, it shrunk. Yes. <laughs> what happened to it? Somebody put it in the wash. Okay, fine. So, so what? What? <laughs> what? What happened was, is I stumbled across this, and I don't know. I once, and I've said this before. Once you start going down the rabbit hole of the movies that we've already watched, things just start popping up, and this thing popped up somewhere's with within all that deep dirge so then i then i start to look to see if it's on youtube if it's on prime if it's on hulu any of those services um amazon to see if i can get a physical copy because generally that's what i like to prefer 
to do. Uh, and this I got off of Amazon. So it's still out there. It's still available. Uh, you can watch it on YouTube, but yep. it's still available, you know, in, in physical copy. Um, then when, after this arrived, I don't know, I got like a bug up my butt or something. And I said, I wonder if it's available on Laserdisc. And lo and behold, the few listings that were there had that sealed copy that we watched tonight. Right. Yep. Then, as I was doing a little bit of IMDb-ing, uh, there are two different versions, alternate versions of the film. The rated R version, which was a theatrical release, and then the unrated version. And I was curious, I... I because I mean, there's not really much of a differentiation between the the cover art from the laserdisc to the DVD, except for the rating down at the bottom of the DVD says rated R. The one on the laserdisc says unrated, and then Sean, as you pointed out, it says at the top of deleted the DVD, unrated footage as a bonus feature. Yeah, so it's just the bonus feature. So the Laserdisc version has it integrated in, and this is like just, hey, here's some right. deleted scenes. Okay. Right. So, yeah, I was wondering why we were watching Laserdisc as opposed to just watching the DVD. Now I know. Awesome. Uh, interestingly, but that was, that they're was both just... Image, too. I mean, it's the same distributor. Yeah. This is a 2003 mm-hmm. release on DVD, uh, and they're the wow. same ones who released the, uh, the Laserdisc. So you'd huh. think they would have the same source. Yeah. Yeah. I guess not. <clears throat> I'm curious what the running time is on this. Uh, let's see, it's on here. Hour twenty, maybe. Well, yeah, I'm curious. Actually, I can't. I can't find it on here. One oh four minutes. So that's the same running time as like IMDb has listed. I'm curious what the running time on the Laserdisc was. <clears throat> Maybe it'll just magically appear here or something. Um, but, uh, <laughs> wow. Dang. There it is. What? How'd that happen? I, I, I was too God, shocked for jazz heads. Yeah, I fucked all that It's up. magic. But, but, but seriously, did we look at the time though? <laughs> Let's see. I want to look, look at the time real quick here. Um, if we can find it. Uh, 105 minutes. Straight up, an extra minute. One minute. And Crazy. You, you think it's all Lori Singer's sex scene? No, I think it's the other girl. Here, I'm, I'm, I'll put that right there. There, beautiful. From the opening? Yeah, I don't know. I didn't want this one because there's too much glare. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I like it. Because this has a cellophane on it, but I want to keep it because I, I like that. Smart decision. I dig it. All right, there we go. Good stuff. Josh, give us our plot synopsis for oh, Sunset God, Crow. Do I have to? Yeah. Um, it's your role. Is that, is Ryder that... Hart is a disgraced <laughs> ex-cop who is now low-rent private investigator. His estranged wife, Anita, runs the Sunset Grill and is now involved with Jeff, a police detective who used to work with Ryder. When Anita is found brutally murdered, Ryder and Jeff team up to find her killer case appears related to an immigrant who worked at the uh, yes, I, I don't even want to read the rest of this yeah no i mean it's uh i would say it's kind of like a noir ish oh um, it's very noir you know it's very noir it's uh la movie uh about yeah east, i mean east as, LA. 
uh, yeah, East LA specifically. But yeah, about a guy who's like a private detective, real burnout kind of a guy. Um, and he is, you know, essentially kind of trying to solve the murder of his ex-wife. I didn't um, get that. I didn't understand that. that she <laughs> yeah, was his wife got killed. Yeah, right. Which was uh, said multiple times. We missed the opportunity to do a they killed my wife count. You're right. The thing that we did have a count on were broken bottles. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of broken bottles. Yeah. Well, at least four that I counted. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you saw them coming. Definitely. Sure. There could have been more. There should have been more. There, they yeah. were. There was definitely telegraphed whenever a bottle was about to be thrown. Yeah, big time. Uh, but you know, you know what? Uh, actually, his character kind of like reminded me a little bit of Bruce Willis in Last Boy Scout. You know, sure. just very much, just kind of like dirt bag, just real washed up kind of a dude. Um, I don't know what I. I mean, I didn't think this movie was terrible at all. Like, it was definitely just kind of like okay. Right? It's yeah. totally of the numbers. Yeah, you know, I like. There's nothing grossly bad about this movie. Totally, but it's like ninety other movies that I can think of that yeah. came out at the same time. Or it needed it needed a little more juice. Mm-hmm. Need a little bit more something. It it had the pulp right. elements mm-hmm. to it and the noir, but. And you could tell within the dialogue, there was some like really great banter back and forth, but there just wasn't enough of it. You know, Hart, you can call me all the names you like, but I'll never quite sink as low as you did, snitching on your own father-in-law. Joe, one day you're going to have to shut that ugly hole, fat boy. Your mother's going to get the news she's been waiting for since the day you were born. Yeah. I think if they went more like in the deep end, agreed. Because a a lot of a lot of the stuff that I really enjoyed was the very beginning, and that's what really drew me into the movie. Mm-hmm. Is that whole scene with the adulterous wife that he was investigating? And I said this this movie hey, if it fun. if it kept like that level, sure. sure. It, 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 this movie would have been something really special. It, and that's kind of yeah. what I was hinging this all totally. on, and what it turned out to be was just a very straightforward. Um, it didn't really challenge itself, but it's like somebody who appreciated, uh, the noir stuff, kind of the, the, the pulpy, um, you know, detective talk, um, wanted to have maybe something that was like twist and turn. It seemed like every single person in this movie was a bad person or had some motivation to be part of the plot more than what they actually were. That's, that's a noir trope like, though. Yeah, exactly. Sure. You had your yeah, femme that's fatale. True. You yeah, know, you had, like, you had double all of indemnity totally. and stuff like that. But uh, it just wasn't executed as well. I don't think. No, it, it wasn't because they tried it. It tried to blend into a different type of movie. Because you, if it's well, like Lethal Weapon or something, or uh, what were, what Tequila sum, Sunrise yeah, yeah. and yeah. you know even Fatal Attraction against sure. all odds against all yeah. odds yeah yeah, yeah I can see that it was that kind of uh, that you know color sort of color yeah color of night I could definitely see that that sort of thing absolutely it was like that kind of like noir kind of thriller thing before really like I don't know like in the mid nineties like I think. 
if this movie would have come out later, it would have like tried to ape like, you know, Quentin Tarantino and stuff like that, like everything else did in the nineties. But I think yeah. it came out like just this was, right. This, yeah, this was 1993. Yeah, exactly. So, so it was, it was like kind of right... that odd air, area where, right. you know, post Reservoir Dogs, pre Fiction. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, and I do think that there were moments. I mean, like, the, you know, I'm sure one of the moments that really got you interested when you did watch the very beginning of the film is like when it's like the he's looking through his camera and you see the, the woman like take off her clothes and he's like, yes, 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 yes. And it's like this well, really. Yeah, and he's drinking. Well, he has a bottle of Jack yeah, Daniels totally. with a straw and he's yeah. right. just sipping so out of it. And like yeah. this massive, like you can see like mustache, just this incredible mustache and this weird, you know, know kind of sort of cowboy hat fedora thing he's wearing he's definitely a character um you know it's like if this movie was better and was like a cult movie you could see like a little like a little uh custom figure on a blister pack of him with his little bottle and you know like things like that like yeah he had an iconic look to him Mm -hmm. um i was i was hoping for uh what was the the show that uh was supposed to be I think it was like Scorsese's answer to Twin Peaks. Huh. Wild Palms? Wild Palms. Yeah. I was kind of expecting something like that where it'd kind of go in this direction of just kind of like offbeat things would happen. Right. Yeah, but I, Sean, thought, what I expected were you it to be before? more fun. Yeah. I expected it to be more fun. I, I did too. Um, especially with that opening. Yeah. Because that opening is ripe for, oh, okay, this is going to be a rollicking movie. There's going to be some pratfall stuff. There, there might be like a, a serious plot. But we're going to have a good time getting through it. Yeah. Right. It, it lost me when it kind of like this, this, I, I like noir stuff. So I, I'm, I like, but it doesn't go anywhere near like full Sam Spade, you know, sort mm-hmm. of uh, detective noir that you're used to. It twists into this kind of political thriller that kind of takes away from the fun of the movie. And it's like, and I don't think it really strongly delivers a political message. Right. Other than I mean, the, the the actual you message, mean, you mean moment. killing illegal aliens is bad. You know yeah, that's well, its message. Yeah. <laughs> ultimately, <laughs> topical. Right. Yeah. Very exactly. topical. Some things never change, but you know. But I mean, that's that's it, right? It's it's not. Uh, you know, it's not really saying much other than hey, don't be a complete freaking supervillain and murder illegal aliens for their hearts and their yeah. brains yeah. and stuff. You know, um, which I guess we should say. You know, for. I don't know. I mean, we do these things like spoilerific, like whatever. Like, oh, yeah. you're probably not going to watch That's just a given. Yeah. But yeah, like that's the general plot um, of and Especially the film. this, you can watch it right now yeah. on YouTube. I yeah. don't know if it's unrated or not, but you yeah. should watch it. You could have two tabs open and watch it and then watch ours at the same time. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> Just don't do it. I want to hear it. Report back. Like, comment. Like and subscribe. But, you know, it's like basically the idea is that, you know, all these these people are disappearing, these uh, illegal immigrants, and it turns out that, you know, they're basically being harvested. Their, their organs are being harvested. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's, that's kind of the main mystery and plot. You know, such to the point, it's like, I think most of us, like, you know, we put that together, like, oh, yeah. very early on in the movie. As yeah, there, as- there are a lot of things that they just pummel you over the head yeah with, you know yeah. that's why i was saying you know oh did like, you hear that his wife died I, by the I, way i i haven't but now i have okay just so you know now it makes sense now i remember all that <laughs> uh the uh, the other thing that maybe 
I wish would have saved this movie and it it kind of did the only thing that really kept interest is the cast itself so I figured well if it didn't have the momentum of that first 10 minutes at least with like this this cavalcade of these great actors mm-hmm. uh, would carry it all the way through uh, it didn't <laughs> and so there are great actors yeah. so who are who, what are our roll call here Peter Weller Peter Weller right right Peter Weller Exactly. Uh, Peter John fucking Weller. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dag Nabbit Weller. Dag Nabbit. Um, John, John Rice Davies yes, is in right. this movie. John Rice Davies. With yeah. a very confused accent. Yeah. I would say Doesn't it's really his it. version of a Irish accent. Stacy Keach. Like, well, it was like Irish Boston accent yeah. at first. Right. Which was goes saying, back Caw. to English, yeah. you know, I, at random moments. Oh, right. yeah. It was pretty bad. It was a pretty bad accent. What you fucking staring at? Put him in the car. Uh, uh, Lori Singer. Right. Uh, from uh, Footloose. 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 Shortcuts. Most, yep. Yeah. Uh, most notable. Danny Trejo. Danny Trejo as young, young Mexican. Mexican. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Still looking like he's 65 years old. Yes. Right. <laughs> that's funny because i was gonna say like <laughs> i took that the other way when you said like oh he still looks the same I'm like yeah he looks pretty young still no you're right he just always looked 65 yeah yeah you're right young mexican well because it's it's yeah yeah it's it's it's, it's the, he's always had the acne thing in the face sure, so that's yeah. always yeah, yeah. kind of th- right. kind of looked more aged but um no, no we met him at mad monsters several years ago and i mean he just he, I, he looked amazing yeah he looked better when we saw him at Mad Monster, then he did in this movie, and it wasn't because of makeup or anything or totally. whatever they were doing. No, it's because he's got that machete money. That's right. You know, so. oh. Well, what does that pay for? <laughs> I think this is a really bad title. Oh, I agree. Yeah, I you agree. Know? Like, I just kept I kept thinking about it the whole movie and thinking, like, you know, like, what the fuck? Sunset Grill, like, it's such a bad way to describe this movie. It's not even, like, a double entendre or anything. No. There's nothing. To, it's just the name of a restaurant in the movie. Well, that's why I thought of, like, Tequila Sunrise and sure. other, other names that are just, you know, kind of. Kind of generic. Yeah, generic, but just kind of evoke some sort exactly. of... Exactly. It's know. still evocative. Sunset Grill is not evocative at all. Right. Well, it's it's a... The only thing it's evocative of, and this is probably something I might be talking into a wind tunnel or something with this, but Sunset Grill was a Don Henley song. Oh, okay. And, and that Don Henley song came out in the early 80s. All right. So I expect if you're going to make a fictitious bar in the 90s right. and call right. it Sunset Grill. It's going to use that song or it's going to come into right. play no. <laughs> at some point. And it doesn't. Wow. Like Margaritaville. So, right, right, right. I mean, so it doesn't even... Margaritaville. It doesn't even go for that connection. So the sun, it's called Sunset Grill because it's a grill restaurant that's on the Sunset. Boulevard, yeah, that is, right? yeah right. that his wife owns. Um, and I think she was killed and of by course, somebody? <laughs> Sunset Boulevard, also a famous noir film you know sure yeah so there's there's that kind of connection i i guess i want to go through a couple of the scenes that i think were just fantastic absolutely other than the beginning i loved it when he was chasing after the car that was the first one that came to mind too 
what what did he scream? Motherfucker. Fuck motherfucker. <laughs> and he did the whole, you know, like, oh, damn you. Yeah, exactly. He's like, like, chases the car for a long time. And then when it's like, it becomes obvious, like, I guess I'm not going to catch this car. It's not a Terminator He's 2. Like, motherfucker. Yeah, you know, yeah, he falls to right. his knees like. Tested at the end of the eighth. Like like there was a big revelation right there that no one else saw except for him. Yeah. Then I really appreciated the Mexican standoff. Kind of, kind of near toward the end, where everybody's just you know shooting each other. Totally. And like most of those major characters are just right gone. Yeah. I didn't really expect that. That's kind of like a uh, to live and die in L.A. Mm -hmm. Like we were talking the other day is that I'm not going to spoil that movie, but there's a shocking moment where you didn't really expect, you know, someone to get killed at the time that Mm -hmm. they got killed. And then it took a completely different direction. Not that this one did that, but you didn't really expect those characters to, you know, have a demise at that particular time. And it was pretty brutal, too. I mean, it was pretty in your face. Yeah. I don't think that was part of the difference between this being a rated R and unrated. Yeah, I got it. I think it really had to do with the boobies. It had to. And the the pellet gun in that same sequence. Yeah. Mm. That was a great moment. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, I think there was some good lines. You know, there was some good, like, little, you know, kind of hard-boiled-ish, uh, you know, kind of little detective-y lines. You know, like, there was the one that I think you said about the Jose Cuervo, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lori Singers realizes that uh, Alex Murphy is in her, <laughs> right. her bedroom, and, and he goes, how, how did you notice that I was here? How did you know I was here? Because he was quiet mm-hmm. and in the dark. She's like, I really recognize that cologne, Jose Cuervo, or right. a nice cologne or something. Yeah. I miss that line. Oh, cool. um, Cut that which brings there. up like like the Alex Murphy thing is that when he was on the operating table, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. that was like almost shot by shot. Yeah. It just needed Robocop. the effects, you know, of the right. computer screens and yeah. everything. Yeah, yeah. Or, I mean, it was like reminding me more of when he's first going into oh, the yeah. hospital. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I do want to say, I actually shot, I thought that, like, the guy who played that bartender was, like, super good. Like, he was only in the movie for a couple of scenes, but it's, oh, like... Oh, yeah, at the gun range? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One bartender. of my biggest pet peeves, and I don't know if I've said it on the show or not, but it's just, like, I, I can't stand bad extras. Like, bad extras just drive me nuts. Mm-hmm. People that have, like, one line, and they're just awful, and it completely destroys the whole film. But I love it when you see somebody, it's like, look, this dude is, like, coming, he has, like, two lines in the whole movie, and he's gonna really, really work to make them good like there is the part where basically you know peter weller's like giving him some shit and he's like sitting at the bar um and he's like do you have any of those little goldfish things and he's like no we only have nuts you know and just no, we, like, we only serve yeah nuts. we only serve nuts actually you got those little crunchy goldfish cracker cheese things sorry sir we only serve nuts the bartender uh, he's become like you know the most fascinating character now uh, <laughs> that he had like almost a full arc uh-huh. to a certain degree because he learned from peter weller's character every time that he came in he was ready for him so right. he already knew what he wanted even though peter weller would state that he wanted a doubles maker mark he wanted the beer back and then he wanted the coffee with the two right. or the sugar whatever he was saying but he he was ready for it the next time and would have stuff out but then the third time he was like super on top of it right and then was kind of having like this friendly banter where it's like oh now it's all understood now we're like buddy buddy buddies yeah he seemed like a complete character totally yeah it's still a way to make more of your role and that's always a good thing to see i mean I it's think not a, like yeah. ruth buzzy 
when sure. she came out as you know the the this this the the, the, the uh, gypsy mm-hmm. tarot reader palm reader uh, in that last uh, yeah. my mom my mom my mom's my mom's a werewolf. A werewolf. werewolf yeah like you were saying you you did mention that the the extras in there were just terrible and uh, they were yeah, the extras awful. in this movie were kind of terrible too I mean uh huh the bartender not being oh, included sure. into that but yeah. like you had the insane asylum. Oh yeah, or slash so hospital, bad. whatever, where they yeah. just go in and there's crazy people hugging pillows and. I just always yeah, hate serious, the dancing yeah, with pillows. I always it, it's always like so offensive to me, you know. Or it's like it's like when you have people that clearly are just a, a making up as actors their you know whatever their little mental disability is right. or their you know it's like come on you know it's like. It's one thing if, like, you have something like a like a, a one flew of the cuckoo's nest, where it's like research was done, and these are all very good actors that I'm sure were like actually doing specific things. You know, then when you just like, oh, we're gonna point a camera, act crazy. You know, yeah. it's like it's definitely a problem for sure. Well, and they shoved them all in one room and or it's, one little yeah. hallway. Right, the crazies kind of run the show in that room. I mean, uh-huh. so that's. It'd be one thing if you want to have this stereotypical scene, if you had stereotypical doctors and people t- addressing them at the yeah, same time. Right. This is just, you know, just. Well, they were obviously incompetent because one of you mentioned it's like, well, who's watching the yeah. front desk? Yeah. There- um, and I did like the part like, I, and unless I read this wrong, that when he does um, the shooting match with Stacy Keach, like he does really badly. Right. Yes. And then when the henchman guy, sure, you know, is like standing there at the end and he has a gun, he's like, oh, I heard I'm you really bad with those things and he just nails him right so i think was the indication there that he shot badly purposely so that other people would underestimate him am i reading that correctly i i honestly don't know because i thought he shot the target he just had like one bullet that was off mark right is that what it was that's what that's what i thought and so they kind of gave him crap about it because at the beginning of the movie right he's shooting like in a straight line like straight up Yeah, yeah yeah but that was with the pellet gun Right, but that's because he doesn't like the sound of real guns. Correct, because when he got the real gun from Laurie Singer, he shot it once at the target, and he's like, "Fuck this, I'm going to the bar." Oh, right, right. He didn't. You didn't even see the target. You know, he just walked out. He's like, "I can't. I can't deal with this." Got it. Got it. Okay, that makes more sense. So maybe that's what the henchman was talking about. Like, you're not good with real guns. Yeah, is the idea. But why would he know? What the? What the I know. hell? Yeah, that's a little weird. It, yeah, it was an odd bit of dialogue unless i miss something completely i don't think we missed anything i think i misinterpreted it um as what it was but and and the big henchman blonde guy who liked to do the the game of thrones you know (laughs) like crush the head crush the head sort of thing yeah crush the head (laughs) he was underutilized yeah it only showed up like two times in the film that guy was fine and he wasn't a great actor um, but he had a well, presence. He was, he, he was like a like a Dolph Lundgren. His white Dolph Lundgren. Yeah, with uh, more articulate mm-hmm. dialogue. Yeah, but I mean the dude was a presence. Yeah, you yes. know, like you see that guy on screen. It's kind of like uh, seeing like Bridget Nielsen in Beverly Hills Cop Two, right? It's like that's like an image right there. Mm-hmm. When you have that big old Aryan dude use him, you know, you've got an awesome henchman there. Why aren't you using that guy the whole movie? He's right. someone that I'd like to look up and see if he did anything. So else. we got the bartender. We got to look him up. Right. Mm. And we have to look yeah, up the, the big blonde yeah. henchman. I kind of want to know if, if Ryder Hart 
as a character <laughs> it, like actually existed before this movie hmm. like if it was based off of a novel well in the, the end credits that said based on a story by and it was a different guy um okay. and i don't think he was either of the screenwriters so maybe maybe so maybe it was based off of a novel because yeah. it, he seems like a character i mean this is true for other noir detectives too but it's he seems like a character that has just enough uh little nuances to his character that he mm -hmm. might be like in a series of books totally. or a series of novels the whole coffee obsession yeah it definitely know, the, the french press yeah. weird about his coffee yeah. Um, there was all those lines about coffee in the beginning too. It mm -hmm. like it's a gray and, and I can tell it has nonfat milk in it and all that. I was like, what is, what is even happening right. with all this coffee yeah. talk here? What's with this coffee? Two sugars, extra light. So how come it's gray again? It's always gray. It's because it was made at a cop station, not at the cafe, kiss my ass, Beverly Hills. See that, you know who directed, uh, this movie? And what else he's directed? Did yeah, you look anything I up? I haven't looked at it. I was looking no. at it. Motel yeah. Hell. Yeah. Like he goes what? back to like the early 70s with yeah. stuff. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the eroticism of this movie. What eroticism? Thank you. <laughs> That's also a problem that I had with this movie. Is that if you're going to make it kind of had like, like the movie. Well, it, 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 it kind of had that showgirls effect without it being so much that it's like deadening after a while right but so yeah, no, it's not, it's was like, about the sex industry yeah and and, and strippers and, and 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 like about how it's not erotic you right. know like at least like showgirls was like actually making a statement about the like the non-erotic nature of the sex trade yeah but like this movie is just not ironic not erotic mm -hmm. you know like it's just and it's not ironically non-erotic non yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow it's not ironic or erotic it's it's, it's, it's folding in on it's itself. not non-ironically erotic non-erotic <laughs> almost did it see not but but not not ironically not erotic it totally makes sense but again this film is not that it's just not erotic it's just like really that sex scene now granted I know Which that that one? Was, okay. So I know that there was like the one where he's like having sex with the virgin Connie Swale and then um and then like it morphs into the uh Lori Singer. Glamour. Right. Oh, right, sorry. you know, like and um but and I know that's maybe supposed to be a weird scene in general because it's like he's imagining her and it's not really you know, it's like a flashback or something. But it was like awkwardly weird. Like he was like they were both expressionless. Like I don't know if I've ever watched a more awkward sex yeah. scene this side of the room. You know, like it was really awkward. It was it was also awkward with how we got there because the the sex scene was immediately following the the car chase right by by yeah you're right he, Peter Weller was on foot so that it like made you think like is he thinking of her because he can't catch the car yeah you're right it yeah. cut like right yeah to it, it cut right to it there's there was no I wasn't prepared for a moment of intended yeah sexiness uh, at all. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and 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 I didn't get one either because right. it wasn't sexy. Right. Then there was the the one in like the bathtub where it's like she, you know, you have the femme fatale Lori Singer, and she's like obviously she knows he's you know he's there, right? Snuck into her place. She's you know we were joking because she's taking off her clothes like super slowly, and it's like really are you doing this? 
and I guess it makes a little bit more sense because if she knows he's there, she's kind of putting right. on a show. Um, you know, but it's like she's basically like, you know, walking around naked, getting in the tub, like kind of throwing herself at him. And then he still feels the need to like be physically aggressive with her, you know? And she's like, you know, says shows over. He's like, no, it's not. And like grabs her and then, she, you know, starts to kiss her. And then she's like, okay. And it's like, dude, like she was already like throwing herself at you. You know, yeah. like, you don't have to be that way, dude. You know? So it's like, you're, you're injecting like violence into a situation that doesn't require violence. Uh, and I don't know if that's just the, uh, the filmmakers, uh, approach at trying to be, you know, hard boiled, right. You know, if that's right. what they think is the whole, they, they think the whole, like slap you in and kiss you thing is the way it's done. Um, but yeah, it just, it all seemed very, very, you know, I mean, again, like awkward. Yeah. I was like, you know, it was Breen esque in its, uh, it's views of sexuality. It's stilted. Sure. It's yeah. really stilted. Yep. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's a little bit Breen esque in its yeah. views of politics too, because yeah. at the, at the end of the day, I mean, we have the base story oh, you know, shit. about everything being, you know, everyone being bad and, you know, the, uh, these rich white people, you know, privileged white people just, you know, shitting on the illegal immigrants of the country. But then like how Lori Singer fits into that. Yeah. And like why she's killed at the end. Right. There, I don't really Do you have know any that idea? I understand. No. She says something like Guillermo, but I don't understand what, I don't understand the connection. The, some of the things, because I, I, I kind of figured like this would start to try and have too many twists than it actually needed to have. Which it did. She says to what the character writer uh, uh, that, like one, uh, the, the, I, I can't remember what she was saying before that, but the very last thing she said to him after their the first time that they met, she said, "It's just a game. Don't worry about it." So that's mm. I kind of tied that from the beginning to the end. A lot of the things that I've learned, especially when you start watching movies that don't really have like a cohesive, uh, satisfying, like oh my gosh, they you know did this, they did this, you know this is the reason why they're doing mm -hmm. that, is to listen to everything that they're saying at the very beginning of the movie. Okay, it's like foreshadowing for what's going to happen sure, at right, the end. Sure, like right. they always say that. Um, if you watch a movie so many times over and over and over again, you're going to realize that they gave you the whole ending or they like, like get out is a really good example mm, oh, yeah. of every time that he called his friend and he's like, Oh no, it's a psycho bitch. You know, she's uh, going to have like that. Yeah. It's, you know, we don't really listen to it. We're just kind of laughing at it, right. but he, he beat for beat, like figured out like what was happening or what was going to happen. And there's so many examples with other movies right. like that, but there, there are some examples in this where they were telling you, like not Sex to trust, <laughs> not to trust everyone, you know. And this is just a game, you right. know. And and this is what's going to happen. Um, but again, just not as yeah, satisfying as I want it to be. It ends with the whitest immigrant of all time <laughs> killing Lori Singer with some garden shears. Right. The the whitest girl of all time too. Right. And she just like and, and killed the bad guy. And she just helped Peter Weller out. Right, and Peter Weller's like, I'm okay with this. Yeah, he's like, and, thanks, homie. And and it's like, he just stabbed her in the chest with they're, garden shears. They're all bad. They're all in the people. take. Right, right. I do. Th this is like, I just put it together. This is like pass through, basically. It's just like pass through. Well, yeah. No, 
every every bit at the end when Stacy Keach is talking, I just kept wanting to go, isn't that corrupt? <laughs> isn't that betraying the public's trust? Right. Exactly. Well, yeah. and I knew something was up when like Peter Weller just went shoot Stacy Keach. Oh yeah. Just right away. Because he already knew that he was a you know, he was the the cog that was, you know turning the wheel, I guess. Or the main wheel <laughs> with all the other cogs. Whatever Did you know the um, <clears throat> the Aztecs didn't have wheels? Well, the species, the species. of Aztecs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the human species. Which that makes a little bit more sense because that dude was like a racist asshole. So I think that was his whole... I think that species line was purposeful. But he loved him. those races. Oh, yeah, of course. His, yeah, his, but they just needed to know their place. He just he wanted to have all their things in his yeah, office. Totally. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Would would you recommend this movie? <laughs> no. If I, here's here's how I'd recommend this movie. My recommendation for this movie is uh, if you're 10 years old and you've got three cable channels and it's the middle of the night and it's the only thing on, then skip ahead to uh, what, uh, <laughs> 35 minutes right, and right. 48 seconds. Exactly. You know, you could definitely get your little, you know, like uh, underage. Cheap thrills. Um, yeah, cheap thrills out of it. Um, but also, this is this seems like the kind of movie that would have been all over late night, you know, oh, HBO. Showtime. Actually, I don't even know if it's It's not it's even cheap enough for Skinamax. Skinamax. You're right. You're right. You know, it's, it's not fun enough. It's, yeah. This isn't hard ticket to Hawaii. This yeah. is, you know, this is this is like middle of the night on Showtime. Right, right. Yeah. R- ran for one week, but multiple times a day. Right <laughs> on Showtime. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. If I I recommend this to the uh, esteemed readers of the Mister Skin blog that wants, <laughs> that, that mm. wanted to see Lori Singer. Right at her at her most. Well, then vulnerable. don't they just watch the clip? Yes. Like why would which you is just on watch? the website? I'm totally. sure. So. I'm sure it is. Yeah. And there's really no reason to watch the whole movie. No, there's not. No. no, like everything, you just watch those moments, like the the moment where you get him chasing the car, which hopefully you'll have integrated into this, uh, is like the reason to watch. This it. is this is honestly probably more than any of the previous movies that we watched the one that i most agree with josh on watching a, a compilation of clips uh-huh uh because the plot's just not worth it yeah there there's there's very little that's fun here outside the beginning the car chase i do feel you it's know, an it's, inoffensive movie it's not a movie where i was like you know i'm not like with, Mexican, with uh, then well, it's very oh, well, well yeah i mean sure but like i'm talking about in cinematically inoffensive um you know in terms of look it's not like uh uh dead men don't die where i'm like what the fuck was elliot gould doing in this movie like how did they allow this to happen i didn't sit there and go like how did somebody allow peter weller to do this movie right it's not like that bad of a movie it's just extremely just whatever it's or you know it's early 90s well and yeah and and around this same time is when naked lunch came out oh yeah i just wish it was a little more weird there they are don't you see them what do you mean uh you can go to cultfollowing.co and uh check out more stuff probably better stuff than what we just watched (sighs) bye everybody bye everyone don't watch it